The current spoiler warning level is, Sapphire. Friends and folks, for this episode, you're looking at a spoiler warning level of Sapphire. We're talking about a machine from Mobile Suit Gundam. Maybe you've heard of it, 0079. We also talk about some variations from uh, adaptations of Zeta Gundam. Uh, but that's it. You get you get Gundam, you get Zeta Gundam, and you get to follow uh, Dylan into the weeds of some some weird machines that are questionably canon. It's a good time. And with that warned, please enjoy the episode. Hello, friends and folks, and welcome back to another episode of Mechanista NG. This is where we hang out and talk about Gundam's robots. I'm Six Detmar from Scanline Media. And I'm Dylan. I could pretend to roll a die if you want. You want me to no, do that? No, no, we're not doing it. So... I know we're not doing it, but I could pretend. I could listen listen to that. <laughs> the tactile feedback necessary <laughs> to get all of our listeners engaged. So... In our bonus episodes, we usually will do, you know, things from future series. And then another thing that we sometimes do is we all add our own requests to it, right? Like last week, you know, Six wanted to do a Cosmic Heroes. Well, this week I had a request, and it has to do with a really cool toy that my partner's bought me that I really liked and want to just talk about because it's fucking cool. Um, but to do so, uh, we need to start with a less obscure news, and I think it would be fun to talk about the MAN-08 Elmeth from First Gun. Because yeah. we can use this as a springboard to talk about this machine. Um, so, the MAN-08 Elmeth, El- Elmeth uh, mobile armor, new type. Uh, it's a uh, new type mobile armor. Uh, it is notable for being the first suit to use wireless bits um, it looks like a strange ship, almost. It kind of has, like, some little, like, sort of buggy elements to it, but it's mostly just a really oddly shaped ship. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at it, it's got, like, a weird little yellow, uh, visor, uh, window. You've got a white crown on top of the visor. Otherwise, you've got mostly pointy and green. You've got two little guns, uh, heading out of it from two vertical shafts. Uh, they can aim up and down with that. Um, you got some engines on the bottom of it. Otherwise, it's a fairly simple machine. Um, yeah. Amro t- refers to it as a hat repeatedly. Oh, right, the tricorn way. hat. Yes, that's what he refers mm-hmm. to it as. I kind of mm-hmm. see it, too. I still see it as being more buggy and organic, just because of all the waves on it, but I can I can kind of see where he's getting at with the hat. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, it's based on the tricorn hat thing, but as soon as you mentioned hat, it's just like, oh, I remember how many times I've read that in subtitles now. Um, yep. I actually watched uh, the episodes where this is destroyed today, earlier today. Uh, oh, nice. Me and me and the gang. I've been, I've been uh, <laughs> at gunpoint forcing my friends to finally watch 0079, and we finished today. So. Nice. Um. So the the Elmeth um stores. So besides the two beam cannons on the front of it, its other primary weapon being uh, that it has twelve bits. 
Uh, there are hatches on the back of the body that pop open, and that's where the bits fly out from. Uh, this is piloted by our good friend Lala Soon. Um, and yeah, it is the originator of like you know weird all range attacks in gun. You've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you've got the Elmeth. It has twelve bits. They're large bits. I mean, the Elmeth is also huge. Um, it's a little. Sometimes it's hard to real really realize it when you look at it. But like you have to remember the the Shars Gelgug riding on the top of like the little horn on the very back by grabbing it, and it is dwarfed by this machine. This machine is gigantic. There's actually a reason we yeah. don't really have modern models of it, um, because the Elmeth itself is just huge. Um, It'd be a lot of plastic. There's the uh, there's the one one forty fourth uh pillow of it that is like a large enough pillow for a human to like lay on comfortably, um. Let me see if we can find that for six real quick. Uh, it like it's 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 huge, just a ridiculous a ridiculous machine. I believe um, Elmeth. Oh, sorry, it's one one hundredth scale, not one one forty four. Still at one one hundredth scale, six. Please look at this thing. <laughs> an MG Elmeth. Good God! That, that's what an <laughs> MG Elmeth would be like. It's if huge. that lady curled up, it would be bigger than her. <laughs> it, in fact she does and it is okay it's ridiculous it's a huge machine and like i said it's very easy to like not realize it mostly because one it fights from far away a lot of the time because of the whole nature of how the bits are and mm-hmm. you know you just don't really think of it a lot um you know other than like a couple of scenes where you have like uh the reference of um like the gelgoog next to it it's just sometimes hard to realize it's just gigantic um mm-hmm. But yeah, it's a really cool mobile armor. Um, like I said, first one with bits, and this is a jumping-off point. So there are a couple of variants for this. Um, one of them I will not talk about because the cubelay is very important and will get its own episode. Mm-hmm. And the one I want to talk about is um, the MAN zero one zero G three. Now, there... I do, however, real oh, quick. Yes, yeah, sir. Just want to touch on um, it does also have guns on its main on the main body. It yeah. has two mega particle guns. Mm-hmm. And also uh, in in the extended universe, if you will, mm. uh, there was another Elmeth and another Elmeth pilot. Oh, right. Sorry, I forgot. I should mention. Uh, is this the novel? Um, character? Yes, this is this is Kuzco Al. Kuzco Al. That's her name. Right. Uh, I know her mostly from Giren's ambition i really need to read those gundam novels again i've read like the first one and of course she appears in the second so another upset new type lady (laughs) um (laughs) yeah uh forgot about that but there are technically two pilots which is fun Mm -hmm. um and there's a couple of is in some games they even do like different custom color variations of the uh elmeth in them um you know uh You've got, like, I believe the red one that's in G-Generation DS is supposed to be, like, for Kuzco. Um, mm. Stuff like that. Um, nothing too, you know, major. It's just mostly just palette swaps. Um, then, of course, uh, Namie Amaro's uh, album. Uh, she's a singer who also has a custom element um, for her music video and such and promotional materials. Um, yeah. So just to mention that, always funny. Her name is very funny because 
when Tamino was picking names for Gundam, he wanted to pick names that sounded weird or like not, you know, Japanese names or words. And one of those was, you know, Amuro for Amuro Ray. Well, mm-hmm. turns out there are just people with that name in Japan. <laughs> uh, he was wrong about, which is just funny little bit of trivia. And Namie Amuro is a good example. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, minor thing. So uh, the thing I want to talk about uh, most of today, uh, my actual request, is the MAN 010 uh, G3. Now, there is an in-between suit here. It is hard to talk about because, one, the wiki doesn't have an entry on it. Uh, there is a G2. The G1 for Kondo was the Elmuth. The G2 was the Cubelet. But it's not the Cubelet. Like, if we say it's the Cubelet, but it's not the Cubelet. Um, Kazuhisa Kondo, uh, a designer for Gundam in the late 80s, um, did a Zeta Gundam manga. Within this manga, he gave the Cubelet a unique design that was later refined into what was called the G2. And then presumably later on in the manga, because of course we don't have translations for this, but given that it appears in like the sidebars, I'm assuming the Cubelet gets upgraded into the G3. So mm. we have, this is how he draws his Cubelet. Uh, I'm showing six of this. And you can see, oh, interesting. he draws it, it's it's still, you can kind of tell it's the Cubelet, right? It's got like, if you look at the legs, it's got like those dashes going down it, right? And it's got like shapes that you associate with the Cubelet. But it's really weird. It also has a mobile armor mode, which the Cubelet absolutely does, does not. Does not have, yeah. The Cubelet at most folds it, it, it. It's inspired by when the Cubelet folds its shoulders back, like when it flies. But, mm. you know, it's it, it, this is more of an overt transformation. And eventually, that design gets retooled into, uh, as you can see in this art I'm sending here, the G2, which is the prototype to the G3. Um, so, not a lot of information on the G2 uh, that I can really talk about. The G3, gay dry, because likes using German terms, I guess, um, is a mobile armor that, and mobile suit that more actively references the Elmeth than even the Cubelet did. Uh, much like Kondo's own Cubelet, also having a mobile armor mode sort of reminiscent of the Elmeth. Um, so, the Cubelet is based on the Elmeth, and there is a sort of gap in between that we'll probably talk about in a future Cubelet episode. And it, But it's, mm-hmm. again, it's something that is very divorced, so you can kind of see it, but it's also like, you know, this is just now its own thing by the time you hit the Cubelet. The Gaydry, um kind of embraces some aspects of the Elmeth a bit more. Um, you look at its mobile armor mode. This is the MAN010G-3 Gaydry. Mm-hmm. And you look at its mobile armor mode. And you can see it's got that same distinct shape as the Elmeth has. The way the binders tuck in. It's got little guns that go up, you know... They're horizontally aligned rather than vertically aligned, but honestly, that probably makes way more sense than weird halfway vertically aligned guns. Um, <laughs> and when it's in MA mode, you know, it can it, it, it flies around, uh, and it has bits. It has ten funnels um, that are stored in the tail binder, kind of like the cubelet. Um, so what it does is unfurls the shoulders pop forward and around 
the legs pop down, and it's got many legs. It doesn't just got it doesn't just have two legs. No, it has six. Um, mm-hmm. and the head pops out of the torso. The head normally is in the torso, and then you've got two arms that pop out of where the binders are, and you get this really unique, really cool mobile suit. Um, that I just I love the design of this thing. It is so cool to me. And now, it is true that you don't need six legs in space. It is true you don't need six legs in space. It is also really fucking cool. <laughs> um, the legs are really weird on this, too. Because it's got two front legs that are, like, on normal joints. They have thighs and everything. They're, like, normal legs. But off the side of these legs, you've got a set of legs that are sideways. And then right behind the knee, you have another, like, jutting out. Um, mm-hmm. And... The tail also has a little kickstand that pops down. Popular with many units that have tails like this uh, within uh, UC works, such as the uh, Nightingale and such having this as well. Just having a big kickstand what pops down so you can have it standing in a hangar or something. Uh, it's an excuse to give a really cool big tail to your unit. Um, which is nice, because um, it's just rad. Um, I mean, those bits gotta go somewhere. Yep. Uh Plus, that's what they're always used for. Yep, it's used for bit storage, much like in the keyboard and such. Um, mm-hmm. But the Gage Eye um, has a very interesting head. It, it is not a mono-eye. It does have two eyes within its head. Uh, two big, bright red eyes. You get a really fancy, stylized Xeon symbol uh, emblazoned on the chest. Um, it's got two little, um, I believe in some artwork, they are actually referred to as Vulcans um, within the uh, little torso. Uh, sort of collar area yeah that collar uh you can see the two little holes there um sometimes Mm -hmm. some art refers to those as vulcans um some art just says that this thing has 12 mega beam mega particle beam guns we know two of them are those guns in the shoulder um good luck finding the other 10 um i've actually always wondered if you look at like the arms right Mm -hmm. you can see there's these little white bulbs and they're Mm -hmm. also on the shoulder binders and so there's like two four six eight eight 9, 10, 11. There's also four in the chest, and part of me wonders, I always thought that those were sensors, but I wonder if those are the 12 beam guns being referred to. Who knows? Because this thing will never be animated. (laughs) Um, This is the problem of suits that are not animated, is trying to actually figure out what everything is. If it's not in a video game and it's not an animation, it's hard. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's fine. Uh, Because the machine is just sick. Uh... And I just, I kind of wanted to talk about it, uh, mainly because, like I said, my partner's got me the very expensive, really cool toy, and I just want more people to know about this machine and look at it and see see it. Um, there's a lot of different versions of it. Uh, Kondo loved using this in his stories, various stories. Revival of Xeon, he had it in the Zeta manga, um, just a, a couple other stories. He's got variants of it. Um mm-hmm just he he loved he really liked this machine i think i get the feeling he just uh this was his baby um because you know you get all these fun little art books that uh from what i know so i had seen them mentioned as conventions um another person had mentioned to me that they perhaps were books that came with uh resin model kits because this this used Mm. to be this is old enough that this is in that era of you know really cool 80s garage kits um, and that these little books may have came with those. They're very fun little books because they look like they were printed at like, you know, they, they, they look like a, almost like a weird project that was like printed by someone independently. 
right? Because they're stapled. Mm-hmm. They're, they have different colors. Um, like, sometimes the book is pink. Sometimes I've found copies of it that are in yellow. Like, it's very obviously, like, just copied by, like, you know, they, they put together these books at, like, a store or something, almost like a Kinko's or a FedEx or something. Mm-hmm. Um, which, you know, probably didn't happen in that era. But it's really fun. And you get all these fascinating, like, views of the machine in them. Um, and like I said, if you want to see this machine in 3D, there is a figure you can look up, a Robot Spirits, uh, Gaydry, um, that is just a really, really cool machine. Um, and like I said, when you look at it, the things I love about it, you've got these four large binders on the shoulders, and they are reminiscent of, like, the Cubelase binders, but they have more mobility than the Cubelase binders. And these binders have all these cool mechanical details drawn in them, even in the old artwork. Um, Because that's the thing, right? With a lot of these independently created machines for various side stories, um, a thing that happens is they're far more detailed because, one, they don't have to be in animation, two, the mecha designer's just going ham. So you get lots of really neat detail uh, with it um, Mm -hmm. that I really like. But, um... Like, yeah, so you've got these shoulders that are very reminiscent of something like the Cubelet. You've got these very strange arms, and in in Kono's illustration, the tiniest little bug hands, and I love these. Um, this is something that is reminiscent of some Zeta-era designs, too. Things like the Beerlint um, are what come to mind, where, you know, it's got, like, weird little small three-fingered hands. Um well, I think that's part of what speaks to you about this this design specifically is there are elements of this design that almost feel Dunbine-ish. Yeah, yeah, they do. It, it, it does, because this thing is very reminiscent of a bug. Um, and, like, you get, uh, you get, like, this very weird feel from it, right? That, like, you can, you can look at it and tell, like, it's something within Gundam, but it's just such a unique design. Um that it's just oh i love it um the arms have these like large they have their large plates on one side um you've got these little three finger bug hands they've got these strange spikes sticking out of the wrist i don't know why they're there i have stabbed myself on them once or twice while adjusting my (laughs) model which is really funny so maybe they're like heat blades who knows um it does have ward off people who want to adjust their models yeah yeah clearly um You've got propellant tanks. Uh, this is uh, I like the propellant tanks because they are reminiscent of something like the Nightingale, um, mm. with having these like large propellant tanks that are under the uh, large rear binder. That's the thing with this machine. This is like one of the machines made in that golden age of like weird Gundam side suits. Um, one of the big tenth uh, anniversary promo images actually is this image, um, and you can see it if you're on the wiki page for the uh, gauge ride where it features a Gaydry on one side, uh, the Nightingale on the other, and the S Gundam in the middle. Um, funnily enough, uh, the uh, Tamashii Nation's blog, when they were showing off the toy, was showing it alongside the S Gundam and the Nightingale, probably <laughs> in reference to this image. Um, you have this like weird golden age of, like now you have all these people in the Gundam, and they want to create their own things, and they're people who are very talented artists. You know, mm-hmm. Nightingale is Izubuchi's design for the Sazabi that is in uh, the novels for, like, Bell Torchica's children. Um, you've got the S Gundam, which is from Sentinel, which is probably the one that stands most to today still. Um, mm-hmm. it, which has Hajime Katoki, a name that everyone will be familiar with in the coming years, 
as well as um, um, Mikaki Taka working on it. And Sentinel is really cool because that's where you get like a lot of modern, like the idea of like doing like these really cool like model based stories and stuff. Like there, there's a reason like that one stood the test of time. You know, it's just something that people thought was really cool. And then mm-hmm. of course you get the Gay Dry there, um, featured in a lot of Kondo's manga. Uh, he's got his manga version of Zeta Gundam going on. Uh, he's got the revival of Zeon as one of his mangas. Uh, he's got all kinds of different manga uh, going on though, and he still does manga. He did a recent Anaheim thing. I can't remember what it was. It was like Anaheim something, but uh, he still does like Gundam manga <laughs> to this day. Uh, Kazuhisa Kondo, uh, he he's someone that didn't really work on the main series, as far as I can think. Like, he... I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm curious where he first pops up with Gundam, actually, because I can't really think of, like, anything animated he, he necessarily worked on. Um, he, he did a lot of video games on the PC-98, like, designs for them. Um, which is interesting. Uh, he did, like, Side Story of Gundam Zeta. So he's kind of, like... One of your first, like, this is someone who is just side stories, right? Not someone mm-hmm. who is uh, doing, like, primary design for the series and also doing side design. Like, you know, Mika Akitaka on Sentinel and uh, Hajime Katoki, obviously people that go on. One of them already worked on the anime. The other is someone who will very much work on later anime uh, for Gundam and beyond. Uh, and then you've got, uh, you know, the Nightingale Izubuchi, someone who's already worked on Gundam a lot stuff like that but then you've got this thing um but like i said just a really cool machine to appreciate um i think it's mobile armor mode is a really cool elegant way of handling a mobile armor um i think it's a really cool callback to the way the element was um i love that it focuses on these weird monstrous non-humanoid design elements things like having the six legs mm-hmm. things like these weird little hands um having like these large binders that move about any which way they want, uh, having this really elongated head, uh, having like just all these design elements that make it stand out to me. Um, and I mean, going back to, (laughs) and going back to your, 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 you were talking about the sort of the golden age of, of like Gundam design. And I think part of what makes that like i i certainly like a lot of modern designs from gundam right <laughs> we're not saying that but yeah there is sort of a, a formalization of what designing a gundam mobile suit should be yes and whether whether it's a gundam or like you know a grunt suitor or a mobile armor you we still have these sort of like these loose understandings these unspoken rules and this was at a time where i mean maybe there were unspoken rules then if there were these designers just ignored a lot of them this was <laughs> just so different than what had come before and they were pushing our understanding of what gun designs could be yes and that's part of what makes the gay dry so cool is it is it is just you know this is this is a gundam design and to look at it you might not know that yep and again you can extend things like that to the nightingale maybe it's smaller in a smaller way to sentinel the pro- i think the reason sentinel sentinel stood the test of time so well is because hajime katoki is kind of the reason why we have that modern what is a Gundam design sense for like UC? Maybe not even yeah. his own fault, just because that's what he got hired to do a lot of the time. Um, but like you know, things like the Nightingale. I mean, people have started liking it now, but I know for a time period there was a 
time period where you brought it up and people were like, what the hell is this? This is stupid. Bring, give me back my Sazabi. This thing looks I still weird. Think that. Why is it so? Why are, why are it? Why does it have these like long binders on the back over the shoulders? Why does it have this big tail? What's going on? Um, and these designs, I'm glad they're becoming popular again too. You have, like I said, you have a robot spirits of the Gaydra. You have the Nightingale getting like a high grade. It's got the Re100. It's got a robot spirits. It's a machine that's re-entering like the consciousness of the public. Same with like doing more. The high new is like the old high new design rather than the new one. You've got this really cool like design sense that's kind of like return making a comeback, which is nice. Because like you said, Gundam design standards, even though like first Gundam, Zeta, and Double Zeta, I feel like all have really different like we talk about it on the show, right? We talk about the differences between like the philosophies in like CCA and F91. But I feel like for UC, it kind of gets flatlined into like the sort of CCA era, but like somewhere mm. between Zeta and CCA. Because Zeta also got it's it's got some funky machines. Let's be real. It does. It does. You got things like the Gabplay, which is gonna grab you with its like weird feet claws. Um, and like the Cubalay itself. Look at the Cubalay. That's a weird machine. And this is just like a weirder Cubalay even um, that we're talking about. And but you know, I, I call it a golden age because I feel like people were more unfettered in what mm. they decided to do for Gundam. A person went, I wanted to make this for Gundam, and I like Gundam. How can I, like, make something for Gundam that stands out and is unique, uh, but I'm still making a Gundam story? And instead of just, like, what happens later, uh, like, the endemic of, like, the 90s and the 2000s, I w- you get all these first Gundam fans, I want to make a one-year war side story, how can I, you know, make my designs fit within that? Or, you know, I'm just going to have Hajime Katoki do my designs or, mm-hmm. you know, any number of like, you know, these uh, designers do the design work to make it look like it fits in Gundam. Whereas this is a period of you just got people wilding, <laughs> just going completely out there because there is no standard for what what is Gundam, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's not there, you don't have an idea of it because these are the people making these side stories. And a lot of the time, these are the people who worked on the shows, um, you know. So you you get all these interesting interpretations, and I really love this period for that. And I'm glad, like, this design has, like, a modern equivalent that we can, like, look at. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, it's cool seeing the Elmeth uh, actually referenced, because the thing is, the Elmeth is neat, but it doesn't really get referenced all that often. Um, yeah. You know, it's a very major suit in First Gundam. The Elmeth is, like, something that matters intensively. And also, even within, like, the history of Gundam for what it does. Like, you know, like, as a machine. You know, but thematically it matters because this is, like, the, the machine that is representative of Lala throughout the show. Mm-hmm. And, you've and you know, it introduces bits. It introduces the idea of weaponizing new types in these horrible ways. And the things that they can do with these horrible weapons now that they can control. Yet, most future new type suits don't really call back to the Elmeth in the same way. Like, no. even the Cubalay being a minor, like, y- you can see elements of it, but the Cubalay, sta- I think, stands on its own pretty well. Uh, I think a lot of people would agree with that, too. Um, well, and I don't think you ever get, I don't think you ever get a sequence again like the reveal of the Elmeth and, like, just sort of, like, people... You know, the Elmeth has its bits, which have such incredible range that you have people just blowing up and no one has any idea why it's happening. Yeah, they don't know what's happening. It's something, like, frightening. 
because, mm-hmm. you know, normally you're blowing up on the battlefield, you know, oh, I got slashed by a Zaku, or you're being fired at by a Musai. This is a thing that just is giant, slips onto the battlefield, and kills things without even needing them to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, with perfect precision and control. A horrifying, horrifying weapon. But don't worry, I, at least you hear some, like, psychic resonance before you die. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be comforting. Um, And I, I like that the Gaedrai kind of feels like it's trying to make this into a mobile suit, trying to make the Elmeth into something, mm. like, more, like, something more advanced of the period. Uh, something mm-hmm. that uh, represents what someone who has seen Zeta and Double Zeta would maybe expect of an Elmeth, you know? Uh, uh, or, like, of a machine like the Elmeth to be introduced. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. It's just... I love I love it as, like, this... I, lo- I love this machine for this reason, and I'm sad it's not animated. Which is why, even though it's the thing I want to talk about this episode doesn't necessarily actually get more like as it gets about as much time as the Elmeth. It's more just to talk about how cool it is and because I want people to look at it. But I also wanted to talk about these like design points of like this period and like, also I love my toy. I think it's really Mm -hmm. cool. I just want to fucking talk about it. Sometimes look, sometimes you can be on the show and sometimes we just want to talk about something. I mean, that's why we're here, right? We want to talk about our robots. Um, so I feel like I'm being selfish by doing it. Then I remember, oh wait, Six made us talk about the strike gun. Lastly, you didn't make us talk about the strike. Gun. I, I, the I dice made us talk one. about it. I wanted a different one. <laughs> I know, I know. It would, any other one we would have gotten, I would have been happier. <laughs> Forever eating my words as I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm so excited to talk about CE suits. <laughs> and then we roll. I, I, st- I still had fun, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, but, I had yeah. I had a great amount of fun. Not um, the not the seed suit of choice. <laughs> just not the suit that I would have wanted um but yeah um the the gay dry though just a really cool representation of like turning the elmeth into something that you would expect out of like a 1987-88 interpretation of it Mm -hmm. into this really cool machine in an era where we we don't we don't want to force it to look too gundamy right because the idea of it looking gundamy that i mean it's in gundam so it's a it's a mobile suit, right? Like that's the thing. Um, it's, it's kind of funny, like talking about it like this. I mean, like you know, there's there's the Zaku, right? But in large part, the aesthetic of 0079 gets boiled down in Future Gundam to mostly the Federation side of it. Mm-hmm. The yep. Zaku the Zaku has a legacy that goes forward, but like things like the Gyan, things like the Browbro, things like the Elmeth, that kind of design aesthetic just goes away. Yeah, which is what makes it so cool when we see variants of them, right? Yeah. Like, me and you, I think, have talked before about, like, Gan variants and how it's like, oh, these are really neat because they're different. Because you don't get a bunch of Gan variants. I love the Zaku. <clears throat> I love a lot of the Zaku variants. Like, I, I, I think the Zaku 3 is cool. I think the Gyarados is cool. But they're all playing on that same thing. So when you start getting these, like, weird machines, like, outside of the box... Like, 0079 has a lot of weird ones, you know? That's why I cheer when we get, like, even, like, a Dom-type, even though that's probably, like, the second most popular archetype besides, like, the, um, Zaku. I cheer when we get a Dom, because the Dom's weird. Mm -hmm. I cheer when we get, like, something, like, anything referencing the Gan, because the Gan is weird. (laughs) Um, you you got a lot of strange machines in First Gundam, uh, that are really cool. And, like... Yeah, you don't get Zacrellos. Where's the Zeta era Zacrello? There's not really one. You know, there's there's side story Zacrellos that get made, and like it gets referenced in some later things. Um, but let's see, like 
I'm thinking, like, designs that I can think of relating to the Zaccarello, though, come from works, like, that are relatively recent. Finally, someone doing a throwback of it. Mm-hmm. Or, like, maybe, like, a little bit of art for it. But the Zaccarello doesn't have a lasting legacy, really. It's like, just a thing that some people really like. <laughs> one of the unfortunate things about the way we're doing this, like, I think we're, I think... I'm I am very happy with the show. However, one of the things that bums me out that I want to figure out a way to account for is there are a lot of times where we talk about stuff and there are like one of the shows that will do callbacks that that nobody else will do is Build. The yep. Build series has so like we talked we just talked about the uh, the Reflesia. There's a Reflesia variant in Build. It's not very different. Um, yeah, no. But like not at all, really. But um, I mean, it has has one new weapon. It has um, one new thing. But, but like, yeah, we, but we yeah, we, it's hard to talk about build because of that. what I think would be exciting though for us, right, with this is when we talk about the building because we will have already talked about all these other shows. We can just go unfettered in on like talking like about build stuff. That's probably true. Yeah, build. I it, we'll we'll do that one day, and maybe we could even do a special on it. Maybe we could go through like suits that we've done. I just had do, a great idea that i can't say on the air i can't spoil okay. it for people but we'll, i think we'll, we'll we'll talk about it mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we can figure out some format stuff uh but yeah the Elmeth being such an important machine it's kind of sad not to see it's a legacy like kind of move forward as just like a machine from a design reference standpoint mm-hmm. um so that's why i think i like the El- like because i never realized how cool until i had the toy in front of me and i transformed it the fact that it folds up into that sort of Elmethy shape is. And then I realized, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Like the way that the head like sinks into the body and like becomes like almost flush with it. And mm-hmm. the, then the binder sweeping backwards and covering the arms, the legs being folded up and it just being like this weird little like ship almost. And it, it felt, it made me really like, like I've already liked the gay dry a lot, but it, liking the gay dry also made me realize all the appreciation I have for something like the Elmeth. Mm-hmm. Because the Elmeth is a cool machine, and it just doesn't carry forward. And as you said, like, yeah, the Reflesia, even though it's got, like, that minor build variant, um, we don't really... There's not a lot of talking in the Reflesia forward. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be, like, you know, there are all these things that are really cool that just don't... They just stand on their own, which isn't a bad thing, necessarily. You know, it, it makes it maybe it makes it more special that it's on its own. You know, you don't really get things like the Zeong in the same way. The Zeong is fucking cool. There are suits that reference the Zeong, but they are few and far between. The Zeong mm-hmm. is pretty much, especially within UC, its own. It's the Zeong, <laughs> and that's what it is. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just sometimes it's cool just seeing variations on a theme, especially from that era. And seeing like a variant of the Elmeth in that era that is just such a cool looking mobile suit in a lot of ways makes me really happy. Even if there's not a lot to talk about because it's not in translated works. We can't really talk about a technical history behind it other than this is basically what if you took the what if the Elmeth was like a weird cocoon broke open and then revealed a mobile suit. That's what this is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it though. I wanted to talk about and there's actually one other variant we get to talk about this episode too, um, which really cool has nothing to do with uh, like the prior things. And it, I I didn't even think about bringing this up uh, when I said I wanted to do an Elmeth episode to talk about the G3. But there's also the Helios, um, yeah, which is a different direction from what the uh, Gay Dry does. 
the Helios, the MAN-08S Helios, is from Advance of Zeta Rampant. This is a suit, you, or a mobile armor, that when you look at it, it looks very much like the Elmeth, just kind of like more detailed up. You know, mm -hmm. you've got like these beam cannons added to the front of the binders there in a more modern way. You've got like thrusters put everywhere, but it, it's pretty similar in shape. Um, the thing that you realize, especially when looking at like uh, it from the bottom, is the two halves of the ship are actually almost like arms. They're able to rotate. Mm -hmm. They have uh, they actually are segments that uh, the like the binders are movable. Um, which is another really cool way of doing like a reference to the Elmeth, but updating the design to something that is like more like a modern, you know, like design thing than just having a ship, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. The Helios is um, basically a sort of, given the S in the name, it's basically just an upgraded uh, Elmeth. It gives it more close range capability. It has eye field. Um, and they unhinged the binders on either side from the main fuselage so that it can rotate them. It is able to move them about. Um, unfortunately, we don't have art of it doing that. Um, but you can kind of tell when you look at it, oh, wait, these are separate segments. Mm -hmm. um which is pretty cool um and it you know uses it, it it has the mega it has bits it has mega particle cannons in the binders that are able to be like really cool like big scattery beam guns it has some missiles um it's just a cool it's a really cool like take on the Elmeth, which is again something from it's from something relatively recent uh aoz reboot um Started started in 2014, I guess, so it's not as old, but it's been released very slowly. And I know the Helios was a more recent thing because I remember, you know, reloading the website because I look at the website whenever they do their mecha profiles mm -hmm. and seeing this thing and going like, "Huh, they did an Elmeth." Um, it's pretty cool though. It's just a upgraded Elmeth uh, with some modern design features, and I like seeing it for that reason because, like I said, Elmeth's a cool machine. Um, this one is known as the Tangled Hat instead of the Tricorn Hat. Um, just because it has a... I guess it's because the antenna on the back of it is retractable mm. and such. So probably because of the way it moves, that's probably why they go with Tangled Hat. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Asked, they asked oh. Amuro what to name it. <laughs> and then also, uh, silly side note, uh, not on the wiki, uh, though I do know what this machine is. Uh, there is uh, an actual upgrade for this. Uh, <laughs> well, upgrade the is... on forces, forces called the uh, Helios Marina. Yeah, upgrade is generous. <laughs> there is side a, grade. It's a side grade. There, they make a change, right? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really change much. Uh, different paint job. The thrusters are changed to be more like nozzles for like water. Like there's just a different thruster design because it goes in water. It's an aquatic. It's an aquatic uh, version of this. I. I I don't really want to parse how bits would work underwater because it seems like they would work really badly. Mm -hmm. uh, it may actually have the bits removed, honestly. Um, but there is a, uh, a a marine version of this for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't know a lot about the story of AOZ reboot, even though there are some machines in it. I really think are cool. Uh, I don't know why there's these these Mars Zeon people are making water suits. Maybe it's to attack the Earth. Maybe they found water on Mars. They're gonna melt I, the ice caps, and then the we're gonna melt the ice caps on anywhere. Mars. Now we have oceans, and yeah, sure. 
I, I love that, like, there are side stories constantly, like, hey, we're gonna put Xeon Remnants, and they're on Mars! Because this is not the only story that does it. <laughs> um, this comes up all the way back in, like, F90 stuff, but ridiculous. Anyway, um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, that's the Elmeth. Uh, the only thing I could think of that we could have talked about more would maybe be the bits, but We've talked about all range weapons and other, you know. Yeah, I think episodes. I think we're pretty good here. Yeah. Um, the Elmeth is cool. I hadn't seen the Helios before. I really like the Helios. It's that's, pretty cool. It's, it's a good modernization it, of it. Yeah, it's a it's a neat idea. It's just like, hey, you know, how can we make this like not just be a ship, but still be like reminiscent of its old self? The way the Gaidrai does that is by having an MA mode that you know is folded up like that. The way the Helios does it is like. Okay, we made it so like it's made of two halves that can move, but it's still like a ship basically. It's not shaped like a, it's not humanoid, mm -hmm. um, which is neat. <laughs> uh, I I like that. Uh, I like just seeing all these different interpretations. Um, this is the thing that always makes all getting all the variants fun, right? It's easy to scoff and roll your eyes at, oh, why are there so many variants of a suit? But it's fun when you get to see different people's interpretations and totally. like ideas for a suit. I think it's fun, and if it's not fun. The thing is, especially because a lot of these only appear in side media, just, just choose not to care about it. Uh, it's not fun. You don't gotta care. <laughs> well. You should always be having fun when you're talking, Mecca. And so when you hit the point of, this thing isn't fun, hit the bricks. <laughs> Damn, I have a transition fun. to the close, but I can't I can't do it. We gotta do plugs first. Dylan, what's your plug? Okay. Uh, my plug is, I am lowpolyrobot on twitter.com. If you want to see really cool pictures of the gay dry, I've been posting a lot of them. It's a really cool toy. Fucking sick. Um, I feel spoiled for having it. Uh, but, you know, my partners thought that I got, they saw that I got really excited for it and they bought me it. Uh, so I love it. It's really cool. Uh, it has joined me on my desk. I make sure it doesn't fall because sticky tack is a wondrous thing and it has a really big base. And this thing will not move in an earthquake. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, yep. I need to do that with more models, honestly. Sticky Tack, I never have thought about using it with models, but it turns out, incredibly wonderful stuff. Hmm. I'm not paid by Big Sticky Tack to say this. I don't even know what the formal name for it is. I don't think it's Sticky Tack, it's just what I call it. The blue stuff that's sticky. Gotcha. You can use it for posters so you don't break your walls. Works for kids. Works for works works in 3D. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that's me. Uh, if you want to find me, I'm on Twitter at SixDetmar, S-I-X-D-E-T-T-M-A-R. Uh, and you can find my work at ScanlineMedia.com or Patreon.com slash ScanlineMedia. And hey, if you don't like the Elmeth, you can just point that take somewhere else, because that's the light of hate to me. Good one. That was actually pretty good. But still, I have to sigh. <laughs> All right. Peace. アムロ振り向かないで宇宙の彼方に輝く星はアムロお前の生まれたふるさとだ覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かい温もりの中で目覚めた朝を Amuro, 
涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠に」